Hello, Jewish family. Today we're going to finish our study through uh, chapter 25 of the book of Acts. Uh, we'll look from verse 13 to verse 27 uh, today. Um, just a little catch up for us. Uh, on the beginning of chapter 25, Paul was before Festus, and Festus was, um, he, in a lot of ways, he's just kind of like what most politicians that don't understand Christian, uh, religion it's kind of like agnostic person wants to keep the peace and make everyone happy. But inevitably, uh, if there are two different religious groups against each other, they're going to have to um, figure out what is the le- most legal way to deal with things. And the Jews at the time wanted Festus to go and kill Paul. Um, and, and Festus understood that you can't just do that. In the Roman world, they need to figure out, uh, you need to try the person, you find evidence. And they couldn't do that. They couldn't find a reason for him for Paul to be sentenced to death, and um, and Festus uh, in chapter twenty-five, verse nine, said he want, he's wishing to please the Jews, and he, and he uh, answered Paul and said, "Are you willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial before me on these charges?" Um, and the reason why uh, the, the Jews wanted Paul to go to Jerusalem was that they were hoping uh, that they can kill him. It was like there was like an assassination attempt uh, that that I think Paul kind of understood what was happening because of verse ten he says, "But Paul said, I'm standing before Caesar's tribunal, where I ought to be tried. I have done no wrong to the Jews, uh, as you also very well know. Uh, if then I am a wrongdoer and have committed anything worthy of death, I uh, do not refuse to die. But if None of those things is true of which these men accuse me. No one can hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar. Um, so this is a really legit argument, a counter to what um, you know, the Jews wanted and what Festus was even asking Paul. He's like, you don't have the right to try me. Uh, I appeal to Caesar. And in the Jewish days, whenever, or not the Jewish day, in the Roman time, if you say this phrase about like you want to appeal to Caesar, you know, you're basically saying like you want an audience with the with the highest ruler of the land to help determine this, and um, this is God's providence in protecting Paul. And Paul was supposed to go to Rome. Uh, we know this all the way back in chapter 23, verse 11, where uh, the Lord stood at his side and said that um, you know, he's going to go. Uh, he he, he uh, he's, he's going to go through some struggles. He's going to uh, suffer. Uh, but the but the Lord had promised him that um, he will go to Rome. Says here that for as you have solemnly witnessed my cause at Jerusalem, so must so you must witness at Rome, also. So somehow, uh, you know, God again was providential to everything in place so that when Paul is actually making a defense, he's going to see God's sovereign hand in his life as well as even protection because he knows that he's going to get there. He knows he's not going to die, and everything that came out of his mouth, he knew that. Whatever's going to happen, God's word's going to uh, end up being fulfilled. So he says this thing out loud, and then he he gets sent to Caesar. Now we pick up the story where uh, uh, Festus is trying to figure out how to figure out uh, this little dilemma in this uh, court case here, verse 13. Now when several days had uh, elapsed, King Agrippa and Bernice arrived at Caesarea and laid their uh, respects to Festus. Now what's weird about uh, King Agrippa and Bernice is that uh, they actually have this kind of incestuous relationship. And you will see um, both Bernice and Agrippa really show up together at the same time. And it's not a pretty picture, but this is just how the world was. I don't assume noble people or even people in high places are moral. And this was strange to them. Um, and it's strange to us, and rightfully so, because this is something that is uh, is an abomination. It's sinful. 
but yet this is a, a couple here, King Agrippa and Bernice, they're siblings, and they have this weird uh, incestuous relationship. Uh, verse 14, while they were spending time, many days there, Festus laid Paul's case before the king, saying, there is a man who was left as a prisoner by Felix, and when I was at Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews brought charges against him, asking for a sentence of condemnation against him. I answered that it is not the custom of Romans to hand over any man before the accused meets his accusers face to face and has the opportunity to make his defense against the charges. So he's just explaining to them, like, you know, he's, he's relaying what everything that's happened in earlier in chapter 25 to um, Agrippa and, and Bernice and hoping that he basically is, he needs advice. He knows that he doesn't know what to do. He's lost in terms of what he wants to do. And he knows what he should do, but he doesn't know because he wants to ultimately want to win the Jews, uh, but he doesn't know how he can uh, figure out a way to try Paul because he knows that he didn't do anything wrong. Verse 17, after they had assembled here, I did not delay, but on the next day took my seat on the tribunal and ordered the man to be brought before me. When the accuser stood up, they began bringing charges against him, not of crimes as I was expecting. That was very fascinating because he was thinking that uh, Paul would be some sort of insurrectionist or some sort of terrorist. And he was thinking that like, he's ready to send Paul uh, to death. But then when he found out that what was going on was actually had nothing to do with uh, what he was expecting, he was, he, he, that's when the confusion began. As Christians, we understand that there will be times where we're, we should have theological debates with those of different faith. And even then, we understand that there are those that are watching us that are not Christian that haven't really taken a side on whatever religion. They could be agnostic or atheist uh, or maybe curious, uh, you know, open to religious uh, understanding. And when you and I engage people who are of different faith, uh, we know that at some point there's going to be uh, differences. There should be differences that the way that we live and the thing that we believe is different from the way you live and the way you believe. And the way that we try to win people that are in other religious groups to Christ will not make sense to people that are atheists. They'll just see that, well, why are you, why are you just jumping ship from one, one group to another? Why can't you all get along? Uh, but the reason why we can't get along with other groups is because they're living a lie, just like the atheists and agnostics, and we're living in truth. And you're going to see that in time, when uh, when there's these theologies based, it may not make sense to the world. But what Paul has, that what the Jews doesn't have in this context, is that Paul was known to be a faithful uh, citizen. He was he was just good at uh, living uh, a life that is pleasing to Rome, and at the same time, he was also primarily faithful in evangelizing the lost through the spreading of the gospel. And for us as Christians, uh, the more uh, you are like Christ, uh, less people should have against you. Um, people might assume things about you as Christian, but when they when it's presented in some sort of court case, it should be like oh, it's a misunderstanding or mis uh, misunderstanding or, or even a lack of understanding of what the religious uh, reasons are for why these religious you know for why for reasons why these religious groups are fighting against one another. Because this Agrippa guy, Festus, really has no clue uh, why they go against each other. Uh, he doesn't get why, what's the big deal about this whole deal. Uh, see to what I said in verse 19. Uh, but they simply have points of disagreement with uh, with him about their own religion and about a dead man named Jesus whom Paul asserted to be alive. Now, if this was not true, it shouldn't make a big deal to anyone. It's the problem is that it is true. That's why the Jews were offended. Because, um, I mean truth and uh, lies are at, at odds with one another and 
The devil is known as the father of lies. They hate truth. They hate the realities of what God has done. So they're going to do whatever the best that they can to try to snuff out the truth. And here, the Jews are trying to do the same thing to Paul. They're trying to like, like snuff him out, uh, to try to make sure that he doesn't, um, he got to tell people to stop, you know, telling people about Jesus Christ, because Jesus Christ destroys their own system. They felt like their own authority is on the line, and they needed a way to preserve their power, because if they realized that Judaism is like a dead religion ever since Christ died and rose from the grave, then they will lose all their, their resources, their influence, their income, uh, and, their, and really their, their stand in the culture. And uh, that's why they're so much, they're, they're really against uh, Paul and really against Jesus. I mean, you don't see the Jews going against any other religious group. They're not against the Romans. They're not going against Zeus. They're not going against anyone else. Why? Because all of those things are lies. Uh, and lies work well with each other. But when it goes against the truth, that's where these groups, uh, like the Judaism or even the the, the, the other Greek gods we mentioned have a problem with, because they believe, uh, because theological precision is going to cause division uh, between yourself and other Christians, or even yourself and non-Christians. So Agrippa here, Festus here has no clue what's going on. He's just saying that Paul is just t- telling everyone that this Jesus is alive. Uh, verse 20, being at, being at a loss how to investigate such matters, I asked whether he was willing to go to Jerusalem and there stand trial on these matters. So, you know, he just doesn't know what to do, verse 21, but when Paul appealed to be held in custody for the emperor, Augustus' uh, decision, I ordered him to be kept in custody until I sent him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I also, I also would like to hear the man myself. Uh, tomorrow, he said, you shall hear him. So he's asking Agrippa to give him uh, something to, to send Paul uh, to prison and to death, but then he, you know, Agrippa seems to be has some sort of knowledge of what um, Judaism is or even Christianity. Uh, he doesn't understand, but but Festus doesn't. He doesn't understand what's going on. He's asking for advice for Agrippa. He he wants to solve this. He doesn't want to send uh, Paul to death without the right uh, reason, because otherwise, in the Roman rule, you would be sent to death if you don't if you can't give like a reason for this. Um, so they, you know, he wanted to protect his t- reputation. He wanted to protect his, um, his his position. So he's asking Agrippa for help and how to deal with this. But interestingly enough, Agrippa said he himself wants to hear from Paul. Uh, the indication here is that I also would like to hear from the man myself it implies that there is some sort of curiosity. Um, this doesn't mean I don't think this means that he's a believer. But even the atheists can be interested in learning about Christianity. Um, and what is fascinating is that. He, he, I think Agrippa knows that Paul is legitimate, that he really is, he really believes in Jesus Christ and he lives for him. And I think that's how the world works when they see someone that is legitimately, faithfully living for Christianity. It's it, it, Sometimes it, it, it does invite animosity, but other times it invites curiosity. People really want to know, like, what is this? And especially if you're genuinely walking in the faith. Uh, that is going to be a draw for people because they want to understand why are you so joyful? Why are you so at peace? Why are you so happy? Why, you know, all of these things. Why is your family this way? Why are you, why is your, your spouse this way? Why do you live this way? And because you, if your faith is real, it's going to be, it's going to draw the attention of other people. Now, this is a really convicting reminder for all of us that perhaps the reason why some of us are not a draw to our neighbors is because we don't live exceptionally. And I mean that in like a godly way. We don't look 
they will live an exceptional life, that there's no difference between us and non-Christians. And if non-Christians look at our lives, then why would they want to have anything to do with us if, if our life and their life is not any different? Um, you know, sometimes people are are lazy for church and their neighbors will notice that they don't want to go to church. Our neighbors will notice. If you don't prioritize evangelism, the neighbors will notice that, hey, why aren't they trying to, like, you know, talk to me or build relationships? You know, Christians are called to meet in the church. They're equipped and they will go out into the world and make disciples of Jesus Christ. Um, it's not about some sort of program. It's not about um, some sort of teaching you need. If you know the gospel, you're called to go and, and win people to Christ. Um, and, you know, people are curious if you are living the faith genuinely. And I think for a lot of us, if we were to be honest, we don't live as genuine believers uh, as much as we like. Because if we do, people might be interested to learn about Christianity, much like, much like uh, Agrippa here. Verse 23. So the next day when Agrippa uh, came together with Bernice, you know, the, the incestuous sister relationship, amid great pomp and entered the auditorium accompanied to, by the commanders and uh, prominent men of city at the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. So this is like a, it's almost like, you know, how there's the Olympics where there's people bringing flags in. It's like that. This is a, they made it a very um, theatrical and, and the, almost like a huge event uh, that all these people wanted to know. They want, they want to hear Paul. And, you know, Festus and um, and Agrippa and Bernice, they came in great pop, meaning that they were, it was like very showy, flashy kind of situation. They were, in a lot of ways, they wanted to be almost entertained uh, about what Paul had to say. And Paul himself was a very meek and mild individual. Um, I think sometimes the story books, the children books in particular, in the way that they, they write, the way they draw any of the apostles, but particularly Paul, it seems like, he's like a, he seems like a really fit dude, like, um, the way that's strong, but in reality, he was, you know, beaten, he was imprisoned, he didn't have that much nourishment, and Galatians implied that he has something wrong with his eyes, First and Second Corinthians implies there's something wrong with his face, like he doesn't look that good, he has problems speaking, but yet somehow the Lord is able to use this humble-looking vessel, and I think that's why Paul calls himself like a broken clay pot with the gospel inside, because that's what he is, he's, he has this self-awareness to know that he's not uh, that great, but in the hands of God, he can do great things. Uh, so he's here, and he's drawn this huge crowd, and he's going to uh, speak against them. Verse 24, Festus said, King Rippa and all you gentlemen here present with us, you see this man about whom all the people of the Jews appealed to me, both at Jerusalem and here loudly declaring that he ought not to live any longer. But I found that he had committed nothing worthy of death, and since he himself appealed to the emperor, I decided to send him. Yet I have nothing definite about him to write to my lord. Therefore, I have brought him for you all, especially before you, King Grippa, so that after the investigation taking place, I may have something to write. So this is all from Festus's point. He just—it's almost like he just wants to finish his assignment. And um, for everyone else, it's just they're just curious about what's going, what's going to happen. Um, and uh, you know, he, the Festus is just stating uh, why they're all meeting here, and their hope is that uh, to figure out and uh, basically sentence Paul to death if there is a reason to do so. And this isn't the trial here, by the way. This is just him standing before them and just, it's almost like a hearing. You know, he, they're just, they just want to hear what Paul has to say. And, and then from there, that's when they'll build the case against him. Verse 27, for it seems absurd to me in sending, uh, me to me in sending a prisoner not to indicate also a charge against him. And that's, that's a smart and right answer. It's like, I don't want to send someone without like a reason why he sent, because um, it's kind of dumb. 
and I think, I mean, I remember when I was a kid when I had to, like, get sent to office a lot, um, or when I have letters that be sent home, it makes no sense. Like, every time they would send something, whether to the office or to my mom, there's always, like, a detailed description of what I did wrong. It would make no sense if they told my told me to give this to my mom to sign, and there's, like, nothing, no details on it. It's like, why would I, why, why, why would I, my mom need to sign this uh, parental referral if there was nothing on it? It's, it's because there should be something on it. That's, that's why they need to sign it, to make my my, my, I guess my problems known. The same thing here. A, a Festus doesn't want to be look like a fool. He doesn't want to. Um, he's still trying to protect his reputation here, right? You know, earlier he said he wants to look good to the Jews. Now he doesn't want to look. He wants to look good to the Romans. He doesn't want to look bad to Caesar. Uh, so he's like, hey, give me something here. Like, I, I want to try to uh, be all things to all people and, and make sure that you know everyone gets uh, gets what they want. But most importantly, I want to protect myself to, from looking like an idiot. And um, that's what Festus does. He, he asks uh, for this hearing so that he can get more information because he, he can't figure it out. He doesn't know what's going on. And Paul is going to speak. And we're going to see that next time what Paul says and how <clears throat> in his boldness um, people uh, will, will at least will hear the gospel. But I think in the next in chapter 26, we're going to see um, just with a lesson on evangelism and how we can uh, model our life after how Paul is just so bold in, in preaching and sharing the gospel with people. I hope that this is helpful. Take care and have a great day.